Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Hey girl, I wanted to introduce you to our latest brand partners here at Unscripted, JFF, Journey to Financial Freedom. If you've ever felt like your finances are the thing that is holding you back from truly reaching your potential, then let me introduce you to these guys. They help online coaches, consultants, and the likes of us organize and streamline your entire financial world. By doing so, they give you the clarity and empowerment you crave to confidently scale your empire. Not only do they help you shoot for that dream life, but they've got this unique blend of tactical and emotional financial strategies. They dive deep, addressing money at an emotional level because they know it's those underlying beliefs and behaviors that can keep us stuck. They're passionate about transforming your relationship with money by aligning your deep-seated beliefs with those big, dreamy goals. So with JFF, you're not just achieving financial mastery, you're reshaping your entire mindset for success and empowerment. They have a vision beyond the numbers. They believe that with a solid grip on your finances, you can turn your business into a force of good, making a lasting mark on the causes close to your heart. Imagine not only achieving your financial goals, but also creating waves of positive change in your community and beyond. So how are you vibing with your finances lately? Let's level it up together and make an impact. Jump in with JFF and bring those dreams to life. If you want to hear a little bit more, tune into episode 234 with the girl, the hype girl, Steph, who we dropped in and shared a little bit about my backstory and my finance trauma and all the things in between and why I am jumping in and becoming a part of the JFF family. And you can too. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Unscripted. I'm excited to have one of my most near and dear friends more recently, Marsha, join us today on the show because we are in right now a sacred container with our very dear friend, Megan Weir, who you've heard me talk about on the podcast a little bit, but more so on social. We're in her six month, actually, yeah, six month mastermind. I was thinking that six months, it's feel like it's been already a year, but it's only been three months. And we've gotten to share some really deeply connected moments. I'll, I'll put that lightly in our weekly calls and in the different things that we've gotten to experience. And so after like the seventh or eighth call, I was like, Marsha, you have to come on the podcast. I have no idea where I want to go with this conversation. I just know I want us to have some in real time, right? Rather than later on down the road where we circle back and talk about it after the fact, I wanted to like connect while we're in real time around what's going on with us, what it was that drew us to a container like this, and just talk about the things that have been kind of coming up. Because I feel like when we wait too long afterwards, we don't get to share things in real time. So welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on and being like open enough, which is your jam, which is why I love you, to share, you know, kind of like where we're at. But first, before we do that, can you intro yourself a little bit and tell the people who who you currently reside with? I feel like when people ask that question of like, tell me about yourself, I'm like, who are you? What are you? I feel like a different answer comes out of me every time. So as much as I love reading people's bio, I'm like, what is com- what is intuitively being downloaded for you right now? Who is Marsha in this moment? Hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me first, Jess. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, this has been an interesting year in this new container, new format for us, which I love. Who am I? Pardon? And who do I feel called? Like really this piece, I believe I am here to normalize talking about difficult stories, to normalize the challenges, to 
bring more awareness to our thoughts and the power of our thoughts, our emotions, how we can actually change our thoughts and move in the direction of what we are desiring. And that has all come from learning how to share a difficult story. I was a was a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse for many years, found myself in this really shallow hole of shame where it was guiding me and like blocking me. And until I realized that I was the one who was blocking, I had to give it a voice. I had to speak. I had to, you know, come to a space of wanting something different for my life. And as I did, I started to understand how powerful vulnerability is, how our stories were so much more connected. We're so much more alike than different. And who I am today is people come to me with really big, epic, vulnerable stories that they want to bring out into the world. And it's honestly like, I love it. I absolutely love it. So that's who I am. I love that. And, and it is, I can tell in just how you show up in your passion and your tone and just in the way that you're so grounded with knowing who you are now in this current season and who you're here to serve. And so when she shares that people come to her wanting to share their story, it's often through a book, right? So you help mm. people write. So you are a podcaster, you're a speaker, you're an author. You not only have a podcast, but guys, she's over, she just hit over 600 episodes with her podcast. So this is no new to the game woman. Yeah. I want you to know she's She's been putting in the work for many, many years, and I've been a fan for a long time. And it's so beautiful that we've been able to connect in this space. And I'm grateful to have this time with her to share because I know so many of you listening have a story. And I feel like there are many of you who have reached out, whether it's through DMs or maybe you've thought about reaching out. I've just felt your energy through social media around your story and how your story could possibly shift something in other people. And I know that often we think our stories don't matter or they're not part of what is, is, you know, our legacy to come. But I think when you get vulnerable enough to share your story, it's it's in that that you get to heal a lot of parts of you. And actually, like you said, give a voice to what it is that you're dealing with. A lot of us want to just say that was then this is now and not deal with the things. But we both know in not dealing with a lot of things and not bringing awareness to what they are, that it will keep us stuck. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday in our call around energy blocks and energy leaks and different things. And I think not giving a voice to some of the things that we've dealt with in our lives or experiences that we've had can lead to a lot of, you know, not so great things in our in our current reality. So when when you first got into this work, what drew you to this? It was your story. It was you wanting to put a, a name in a, in a voice to what you were experiencing. But how did you take those first steps to start to do that? That's a great question. And I can say in full selfish honesty in the beginning, I was trying to find a way to survive. I was literally trying to find a way to survive. I often say that in, you know, my very first lives, my I was doing Facebook lives like 10 years ago, but I was scared to death to do them. I was doing them in my car, no ring lights after hot yoga. Like I I felt that I had such a difficult story that showing up all prim and proper, it, it just felt like complete out of alignment because it felt fake because I was barely surviving. So I started to do things that way. And I had people starting to reach out and connect and say, you know, that's my story. Or I also had lots of people saying, 
like, what is wrong with you airing your dirty laundry on the internet? So I've seen all sides of it. I've seen all sides of it. And during that time, I was in this space of really wanting to do something different, trying to find a way to survive. And I remember, I've I've shared the story many times, but I really think it's powerful, is that a counselor said to me, you know, you need to be a springboard if your kids ever come back and you're nothing but a pile of quicksand right now. You can't save yourself if you had to. And she was right. She was 100% right. That started to open up my eyes of how can I take better care of me so that I can navigate what we were dealing with. And then at the same time, I remember saying to her, everywhere I go, nobody wants to talk about difficult things. You know, back in 2015, social media was beyond curated and perfect. And I couldn't figure out where I fit in because I felt the complete polar opposite of everything that I was seeing. And when I said I can't find anywhere where people are talking about this, and she said, maybe that's because you're supposed to. And that was a moment where I thought, that's ridiculous. And what if it's not? Like, I remember having this moment of going, what if I could do something with this? What if this is actually why I'm in this situation? What if I'm supposed, and all of a sudden the what ifs, like the wouldn't, like, wouldn't it be amazing if, and I started to open up ideas. Now, it didn't start anything big. It started quite small. And through our schools and through a couple of small stages, I started to speak with other parents who were dealing with this. And during those processes, during those times, what was happening is I was feeling almost this sense of relief that, see, I'm not alone with this. This isn't just me. And organically, the stages started to grow a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And I was consistently like over, overwhelmed is not the word. I was blown away by how many people would stop me and say, that's my story. I've never told a soul. I've lived with this for decades. I've been in this position. My family doesn't even know. And I thought, what is wrong with this right now? Like, why are we constantly hiding all of these parts of ourselves, praying no one knows? And meanwhile, like, as I sit in this one room, 25% of the room is dealing with it. So it's just this, it was just in my face, almost saying that, Somebody has to start to normalize these conversations. And I felt like it was something I was here to do. And so through a very serious, like a very series of organic opportunities, things started to open up and I found myself in spaces where it was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I remember my husband saying to me once, if we get through this with our kids, right, is this something you still want to do? Do you still feel that passionate about it? And I was like, 100% yes. He's like, okay, like that's okay. And that's just what I followed. The reason I share it that way is, and I, I go back to this example over and over. If the universe would have showed me back in 2014 that I was going to be having, you know, a top podcast, 600 downloads, seven books, coaching people and supporting, I guarantee you it would have scared the shit out of me and I would have never done a damn thing. So it's, I had to grow into the person who felt like it was safe and okay to do this, like I was meant to do this. So as humans, we're always wanting to know what those next steps are. But I really believe that if, if the universe shows us, if we're not ready to see it, then the most incredible opportunities we're going to blow because we're not allowing ourselves to go there yet. So good. So true. I'm like, all, like all these things are flashing in my head. And I know that to be true. 
I've experienced that same want. And then also, you know, when things do come and a windfall does happen and you aren't prepared for it, you will not take the fullest opportunity. You will not be able to hold that. And I love that you had somebody so powerful in your life so many years ago call you to the table of saying, maybe this is happening because you're supposed to create the space to talk about this. And you're right. I remember back in 2014, 2016, all those early years of social media, it being so curated and perfect and the pressure to only showcase all of the good stuff. And I remember being in the early stages of, you know, Kai being little. I had him in 2011 and nobody talked about how hard motherhood was or what to expect, you know, on the bad days when trying to be both an entrepreneur and a mom and then a single mom at one point. Right. And those aren't the things that people were really sharing. And I'm so proud to you know, now be a part of a lot of those conversations with women starting their podcast, talking about what's really going on underneath, you know, the glitz and glam of online portrayal of perfection. It's it's really done a disservice to so many people who probably have decent lives, if you will, or, or good or even great lives. And they sit and compare themselves to people who are just really only shining light on the the happy or the good or maybe even the fake. You know, as we know to be true. And I think it's in the power of the hard conversations. And that's what I love so much. I think about the container that we're in is we just skip to that part right away. Like we have these hour long calls. And if you if, to know this group or anyone in it is to know we just over the fluff. There's no, we don't talk about the weather. No one's even saying, how are you? We're just straight to the like the meat. And I think that's so special when you can connect with people like that, because that's where the breakthroughs happen. And that's where the ships and the shit actually get shifted. Um, and, you know, I do look back at some of my journey and, and find myself in a lot of your story in the way that, no, I didn't deal with my children having those issues. But there were things that as I grew up that weren't talked about, there were things that I went through that I didn't feel the freedom to express or talk about for fear of judgment, shame, guilt. And, you know, luckily, somebody called you out and called you higher to a place where if you couldn't hold that space for yourself, you're not going to be able to, you know, take care of what needs to be taken or deal with the level of stuff that you were getting thrown. And that's what is the saying. They tell you to put your mask on the airplane before you put it on other people. And, you know, I think as a selfless woman and as as a mother, we learned to put everything and everybody before us. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you know, when you started to feel like you could speak your truth and you could put words to how you were feeling what was the next step? It was the Facebook lives. It was you starting to share, getting feedback, good and bad. Mm-hmm. What along with your husband asking if this is something you'd still talk about if it wasn't an issue we're currently dealing with, that you said, this is where I want to really spend my time, focus on helping people. Where did the podcast, the book, the coaching, like how did you start to turn this into what we now see as a business and really a, a brand? Mm-hmm. So it's, again, the business didn't come till after. And I think that's actually a blessing. I really think that was a blessing too, because I wasn't trying to figure out how to start a business. Again, I was trying to figure out how to survive. And so when I started doing a few small talks, I did two different collaborative chapters in a book where, you know, you write a chapter, it's about 2000 words. And I remember being so drawn to doing it. And then at the same time, so overwhelmed of how do I put this out there? But that experience taught me how to share the story from my lens. And I think that's the big thing that people, when it comes to a vulnerable story, 
they can't figure out how to incorporate all the other people and the moving parts with it. And even now, I mean, I shared what my story was, but that's all I've said. You don't have, it's not about the story. It's not about the details. It's about the emotions and the experience and what we learned while walking through it. That's what matters. That's what connects us to each other. And so I started to do that. And I remember in 2016, I think this is a really important story that a lot of people can relate to is I said to my husband, I'm like, oh, I just had the download. I think I'm supposed to write my own book. And he's like, okay, he's like the most incredibly supportive person. He was just like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? It's very different to write your own book. And I'm like, yep, download was there. It was clear as a bell. And I had this moment, right? Of course, I wasn't even thinking about how is this going to unfold, but I thought I'm supposed to do it. And I remember telling family, I'm like, I am so excited. This is what I'm going to do. And I feel this is what I'm supposed to do. So I often say, be very careful who you take your ideas to, because they didn't just think it was the wrong idea. They thought it was an absolutely like ridiculous, atrocious idea. What are you possibly thinking? We don't share our laundry. We don't air it out. We don't do these things. And I remember getting really quiet and thinking, but I really think I'm supposed to. I had no idea why, but the pull was so strong. And so I took that time and went, all right, then I'm going to do this on my own. And I literally spent that year, a, a big majority of it on my own. I had a couple of people in my corner writing, editing, just going inward and really getting to that space. And the book released in 2017, and it was called When She Stopped Asking Why. And that felt very relatable to a lot of people. It's like the why is beautiful when you're moving towards a goal, but when you're standing in a space asking why, you're in a victim mentality and nothing changes when you're in a victim mentality. So that's the lens that I wrote it from. But as I was writing, I probably spent the year before it released really learning how to share more of myself on social media, like vulnerably sharing parts of my story, sharing parts of the book. People knew the book was coming. Like I got people invested as part of it. And I'd spent a lot of time listening to YouTube videos and podcasts. They were like my go-to at that time. And I thought, I still don't see people talking about difficult stories. And again, the words rang through that maybe you're supposed to. And I'm like, Marcia, you don't even know anything about a podcast. And then I thought, well, you know what? Tell my family, I'm going to start a podcast. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, And I literally was on Google going, how do I start a podcast? Okay, well, I can use this free app and I can talk into my phone and I can figure this out. And it was messy as hell. But I just felt like that's what I was supposed to do. That also helped me to build confidence in my voice, in my message, to put it out there so that by the time the book released, I think we had probably released like maybe 20 episodes, 25 episodes. And then the book released and it, it it hit like six time bestseller. I got a lot of news coverage, which sounds amazing. But remember, this was a person who hid in shame for a very long time. Now, all of a sudden, it's like it's all out there. And so I had to practice like really allowing myself to receive that. It was really hard to do that. And that then so I took a back seat with my podcast for about four or five months till I could figure out how to show back up again. And it took time. But it, it, it's just being real that that was the growing journey is that it, it wasn't straight line. It was beyond messy, but it needed to be in order to pull out what I wanted to write and share. 
And I wrote it with such a lens of love. I can share when people say, you know, I, I wasn't sure how you're going to write about your kids and what that was going to be like. I mean, my entire book is dedicated to them. They've changed me as a person and who I am today. And I'm grateful because I'm pretty sure my last version of me wasn't going to make it to today if she didn't find a way to change. And so I'm grateful for those lessons. And I wrote it from that lens in the space that even if you never walked in my shoes, you would be able to take something out of the book because we're all at a point in our life when our life plan doesn't go according to plan. All of us, we can all relate to that. So that's the lens that I wrote it with. And then from there, it literally took until probably 2018, late 2018. And all I kept hearing was people coming to me saying, but how do you share a difficult story? And I wasn't, business wasn't on my radar. And at this point, I remember having a moment thinking, okay, universe, I hear you. Like you're like, you're asking me to pay attention. They're all asking me the same questions. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. And slowly over time, that's how it grew. That's amazing. That's honestly like just goes to show like when you show up in your purpose and you just start speaking your truth. So many people want to find the business first and then add the personal components to it. And we see a lot of people because you and I have been in the entrepreneurship community now for quite some time and in these various rooms and masterminds and whatnot. And I see that being a common theme of people trying to pick a quote unquote niche to dive into as a, as a business. And I laugh because a lot of these people came from, let's say, a corporate career or a very linear career where you knew exactly what your deliverables were, what the job role was, and just did the thing. You checked the box and you were probably really good at it. Mm -hmm. find that people who had a lot of success somewhere else feel the competency and the confidence to move into entrepreneurship. Then they open that can of worms and quickly realize that they haven't, they haven't figured out how to use their experience, their stories, and their, for good or bad, whatever experience they had, and parlay that into a story arc of where they once were to where they are now and how they could help somebody with that story and with, and the lessons that they've learned. They want to create something out of nothing and they want to, you know, maybe change change things up. Or the, I, I, it, I, It's hard to articulate that right now because I feel like I've just had that call like three times back to back in the last couple of days with people struggling to quote unquote find their niche or to just narrow down the one thing that their business or brand stands for. And it always goes back to what are your experiences? Where were you then? And where are you now? And, you know, what have you overcome and how can that help somebody? And so I think you documenting it in real time over those Facebook lives and just starting to talk about it with that little bit in that book and then just like slowly putting things out there showed you that, yes, this is something that is needed. And you started to build up that passion. I don't think right away you felt passionate about sharing it. But yeah. once you realized this was like an untapped conversation that so many people were silently struggling with, it became like this mission-driven purpose. And that's what I feel from you when I hear you talk about the things that you share. And you do share in such a beautiful way that even if you didn't struggle with this particular issue, you know, like with your children and substance, that this book takes you from a place of victimhood into a place of empowerment from, you know, when we stop asking why, when we stop sitting in what is and wondering and decide to take action or use that as a catalyst for growth. So in what way? So now we're here. You have had the podcast for many, many, you know, years now and, and 600 plus episodes. Looking back, 
you know, the show is called Unscripted. I would say your whole life sounds like it was unscripted as fuck. So there's <laughs> where I'm like, don't even need to throw that light in. You can see why she's on the show because I love bringing people on who are willing to share these real raw honest conversations of where they once were to where they are now. What were some the things that you personally in these phases of growth had to start to address in order to take yourself to the next level? Fantastic question. I I think it goes back to this this the comment you made earlier about I like I had to grow to get the next level, the next level, whatever it was. It wasn't that somebody brought the opportunity for me. I had to grow into that space. So I've had to let go of a lot of old stories, a lot of old stories of, you know, for a number of years, I felt like I'd failed as a person. I had failed as a mother. I'd failed as like, I felt like I, I was my own biggest critic. When people say to me all the time, you know, how do you manage all the criticism and judgment from, from everyone else? I often say, what is the worst thing that you've said to yourself? And that immediately somebody will say it. I'm like, okay, and who else says that? They're like, oh my God, nobody says that to me. Right. So it doesn't matter what others are saying. I have had to really build a relationship with my inner critic and understand that she served a purpose for a very long time. Like she kept the armor, kept me safe, which wasn't safe. But all of these things, I've had to learn how to let people in. I've had to learn that strong does not mean do life alone, bullheaded by yourself. That's not what it means. I've had to learn that I can you know, forgive myself for things that I feel like I've done wrong along the way. I have learned to still love others, even if I need massive distance and boundaries from them. So it's been such a a learning curve, I think, for me, introspectively with myself that I've had to do, and also allowing so many people to build this circle, this inner circle of um, support that I don't, I'd be absolutely lost without them right now. I really would. I'd be lost without them. And so many people will say, you know, you've got a great circle of people. And I do, I do. And I'm grateful for that every single day. Back in 2016, I did not. 2017, did not at all. In fact, I spent a lot of time alone until I could figure out like who, what kind of qualities am I looking for? What kind of people do I want to have in my life? Where can I start to be more of that version, right? I really believe you're always, like you're going first. So where can you be the change that you wish to see? Where can you be the person that you wish you had more of in your life? And that might mean that there are times where you might be giving to somebody else. And like, if you're doing it from the lens of when do I get this back? Or when does this come back in karma? Wrong lens. It's not going to work that way. And so I really had to give and pay it forward in ways where I wanted to create those relationships in my life. So everything that has happened and grown from the work that I started almost a decade ago, I would say 99.9% of it has come from introspection, building a better relationship with myself, allowing myself to receive, right? To receive the support, asking for support, allowing myself to receive it and to know and tie into a trust and intuition and knowing that I really deep down believed that this story that we walked through, that I walked through it for a reason. There was a reason and it was meant to do something bigger. 
And I know that might sound really weird for some people, but for me, it actually gave me peace. It gave me comfort to know that I could do something good with something that was pretty horrific. But what happened was, is it allowed me to heal. And as I started to spend time healing, my relationships started to improve, right? Mine with my kids, mine with other people, less attachments to things. So all through those stages, it has been a tremendous amount of like introspect, introspective growth and building a better relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. So much good stuff there. And so if someone's listening right now, and I know you speak to a lot of people around starting to create awareness and then change when they're experiencing things like this, I always want to give people tools that maybe they feel like they don't have access to. So if someone is in the past version of you currently, where they are feeling alone and they are feeling like they are dealing with whatever they're dealing with by themselves, you know, I hear you sharing like, try to be the person that you are wanting to call in, right? Because if we, we know if we see something in someone else that exists in us too, mm-hmm. it's a good place to start if someone is wanting to reach out and, and really dive into the, okay, I'm aware that this is going on. This is where I'm currently at. Is a coach, is a mentor, is a therapist, like where, what would your personal advice? I know we're not doctors or we're just like, you don't know the scenario for everyone's situation. This is always just like us trying to, you know, be the guides, but where would you say someone who's like listening, they're like, shit, like there's some things I need to, you know, figure out. I'm resonating with a lot of what she's saying, like, but I don't even know. Mm-hmm. This is great. And then, but now what? Now what? I think that, I mean, I've done all of them. I, I spent a lot of time in therapy, but I also went to multiple different therapists until I found one that was a good fit. I've had lots of mentors, but I've had some that like will be forever impacting me and what I do. So it's a little bit of everything. If you're in a space where, you know, it's like you don't know where to start. One of the first things I say is like, Asking yourself, what is the one story that you wish you could be more vulnerable about? What is the one story that's holding you back from allowing yourself to be seen? And what would it feel like to be able to see that story differently? Like all of a sudden, when you start asking open-ended questions, your subconscious mind is going to start to open up to different possibilities. So that's the first thing is asking asking yourself that question. Secondly, start to get curious about who is speaking a language or who is walking a path that is similar to yours? They don't have to have the same story. In fact, like they actually don't at all. But maybe they have come through an experience and a transformation that is something you were desiring. And you can connect and see that. So for me personally, like a lot of people might love or hate him, but Tony Robbins made a massive impact for me when I was feeling at my absolute lowest because he was speaking about you know, language and power of words long before I knew what NLP was. Language, power of words, our thoughts. And when I started to listen to him, I was like, okay, no wonder I feel stuck all the time because all I say is the word stuck. Like all I say are these words. Like I was, he was landing. So I devoured a ton of his content and there's a lot of free content. So if you're in a space of, you know, I can't afford a coach or a mentor, you don't have to. There's so many different podcasts and books and YouTube videos that I bet you for two years, that's what I devoured and literally what I devoured. So find something that resonates with you, a story or somebody that has walked through something to be able to say like, okay, that I want to learn 
from the steps that they've done. It doesn't mean you have to do it the same way. And it doesn't mean you're going to do it the same way. But they're showing me what's possible, right? Somebody is always showing you what is possible if you choose to see it. And that was what was landing for me is, is that I found a couple of stories and I thought, oh, I loved how they were sharing them, that they were showing me that it's possible to share a difficult story. Glennon Doyle. Glennon Doyle. I actually came across her book, Love Warrior. I swear it must be like nine years ago, eight or nine years ago. Somebody gave me the book and I thought, I am not a romance novel. Like that's what I thought it was. And when I read it, I was like, oh my God, she's showing, like she shared very vulnerably in that book what she was going through. And that was a moment of, okay, so somebody is showing me that you can take a really difficult story, you can openly and vulnerably share it, and you can make a difference and help other people. So I literally sought out that advice and that that mentorship in my own way that I could do. And with podcasts and podcast hosts that have spoke to me, I just devour the content. I devour the content. Now, I'm going to say one thing that I think is really important. We are at a time where there is an abundant amount of free resources available. If you are only ever going to consume and you're not going to get into action, I promise you, you're going to be in the exact same space as what you're starting from. And that's going to be frustrating as hell for you. So it is taking the information, but honestly, I don't care if it's the babiest of steps, like move, move and try something, try the live, try a video, like just try something because you have to build a belief within yourself and actually like build that proof that, oh my gosh, I did not die when I hit post on that scary post. Like I, I'm okay. And all of a sudden people are reaching out and connecting with me. When you can build that belief, that is also going to help you. I could not agree more that what you just touched on was something that I ingested so much information when I was first starting out, you know, trans transitioning from being a beauty entrepreneur into the online space, trying to figure out and curate like where my place was in the online space and then and where I could show up and serve. And I think I had never been more frustrated in my life because I was unclear on the next action steps. I was ingesting so much. I was reading so many books, listening to so many podcasts, even being in masterminds and rooms and just feeling Same. like so inundated with stuff. And I actually had a coaching call this morning with a girl who had just invested in her umpteen thing. And she was just like, I just want somebody to tell me what to do. And you, you're going to trip out. Obviously, I won't name names, but this is where we can think we're doing the work. So she shared with me that she reads between 60 and 100 books a year. And all she does all day long is listen to podcasts. No music, no nothing. And when she shared this with me, I think we can sometimes trick ourselves into thinking that we're doing the work and that if I just read one more book or if I just listen to one more podcast, I'm going to hear the one sentence that's going to allow for me to hit the easy button. Mm. It doesn't work that way. And this wasn't even a coaching call. This was actually like a consultation for her starting her podcast mm -hmm. call for the agent. And we connected on more of a friendship level. So there was like freedom to, to kind of share and talk. And so, you know, as someone who's been in that position, I asked if it was okay if I shared kind of my experience with what was coming up, listening to her share all that. And, you know, she said yes to the podcast and yes to wanting to start that, you know, path or whatever. And so I was excited for her. And I said, if you are stepping into the space of creating content, this has to come from you. Mm -hmm. You intuitively know what you're here to curate and share. You intuitively have knowledge and experience. You're, you're, you're doing it for your job. 
but you're also not allowing for yourself to get out of your head and tap into what's going on in your heart and what experiences you've had and then share that. I said, so if you think that you're going to sit down in front of a podcast and regurgitate these 60 to 100 books, you are going to just be relaying information. This won't be coming from you. This won't be yours. So, and, and she was actually currently teaching somebody else's framework around some things, which is fine. Frameworks are great. And much like a Tony Robbins kind of framework or whatever, I don't want to name the name of it, but I I saw in her this need to be doing it quote unquote right. And she was so stuck in doing it like what everybody else was doing and thinking that she needed to be told how to do it and where to do it and what to say that she couldn't even think for herself. And so at the end of the call, I said, can I give you a 30 day challenge? And she said, okay, mind you, this is not my coaching client. This is just a friend who's like thinking about starting a podcast, new friend. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I challenge you for 30 days to not ingest anything? No podcasts, no books. And she literally was like, but I have like six books I'm in the middle of reading right now. And I said, they're going to be there in 30 days. I promise they won't go anywhere. They'll be so happy to see you. I said, but for 30 days, you need to get out of your head, mm-hmm. tap into your heart and just be. She's like, what do I do with my time? I said, go on clarity walks, leave your phone, let your let your body tell you, tell yourself a story. And so What's funny is when she jumped on the call, she had just signed a deal with a book person to help her write her book in, I think it was nine months or some time frame or whatever. And I said, if you truly think you're going to write your own book, you stop, stop reading other people's books. Do you yes. know that you've read 60 to 100 books for the last couple of years? You know enough. You have enough information currently stored in your body to write your book. You could write 50 books probably right now. And so she literally teared up because I kept saying you need to get out of your head and into your heart in order to open up your mouth and speak your truth and have what's meant to come from you come out. And mm-hmm. she held up and I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, but you need to cry. I said, I'm going to hang up this Zoom right now. I need you to let all that flow because it you have to break like it. Ha- you're, now you've, you've just tapped into something. I don't know what it is. Only you know what it is. And maybe you don't know what it is. Some shit might be coming up that just needs to come out. And I said, write it down write down whatever's coming out. And I guarantee this will be a chapter of the book. I said, but you need to stop taking in information and start implementing what it is that you know. If you are here to create, like lean into that. And we have both seen, we've both been in that situation. I've been, oh, yeah. in, been in it where we think one more course, one more program, one more something is going to be the catalyst for our momentum or we're just going to all of a sudden figure it out. And that's what I love so much about the group that we're in right now. It's more of a space to just be. And we do a lot of energetics and we do a lot of like conversations around like yesterday, for instance, I'll talk about uh, we, we we touched a lot about like regulating our nervous system and what are some things that throw off our nervous system, energy blocks, energy leaks. And so we talked about what it looks like to implement personal boundaries, right, around what we're letting into our our world in order to affect us. And so one of those boundaries that would be us maybe not sharing these dreams with people we know aren't going to be receptive to them, especially when you're in that early stage, that seed idea where it's so easy for someone to just crush it. And you're mm-hmm. almost kind of looking for someone to tell you it's a stupid idea because part of you feels unsure that anybody will be receptive to it. So you share it with the person you know who will probably shit on it and be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I was right. I knew it wasn't a good idea. Whereas if you take it somewhere else, where you know there's proof that that's warranted and you go and find the proof to back up your idea, you're way more likely to succeed. So unfortunately, a lot of times it won't come from your current circle unless you've done the work, like Marcia said, it has curated these friendships that can hold that space for you. I think both of us now, and that would be the difference. 
we share these big wins and these ideas with each other in this group before we share them with anybody else because mm-hmm. we know exactly how they'll be received. We know that we'll get the support we need because we're doing what she said. We're showing up as the energy that we want to get back. And trust, it takes a lot of work to play this role in your own life. So much. Inadvertently, our brains want to go to the passive least resistance, which is to fall back into old patterns and to do the things we know already work. Like Lori Harder told this analogy and I just took it for way too. It's like, we're okay eating the shit sandwich because we know what it tastes like. We, we don't want to try the other one because we're like, we're, we're pretty sure it's still a shit sandwich, but like, at least we'll stick with the one we already know what it tastes like. And that's such a, that's such a, like, I'm such a visual person where I'm like, hey, it's so true. And it's so fucked up at the same time. And, you know, we just, we want, I really want to press upon you the fact that change is difficult in many ways and some of it will feel easy, but a lot of it will feel like you're walking backwards in quicksand. And I talked a lot about the fact that you can feel overwhelmed in certain areas of your life. And it's usually because you're not taking action around the things you know you're supposed to be taking action on. Action cures overwhelm, at least for me, it does. And especially the right action. Do you want to touch on any of the ways that you've been able to really keep yourself in momentum? I know that there's a lot of consistency here, right? You've got the book out, you've put your reps in, you've shown up consistency year after year creating this podcast. Is there any piece of advice for people who are kind of stepping into this space and who are starting to speak their truth and share that you you kind of want to maybe share? I think that it is, yes, definitely the reps. And also being open to different ways to do it. So like I said, for about a year, I just shared parts of my story. I was unattached. I I really opened up that when I think of what you were talking about before, I felt like I opened up the channel. And so now, you know, I'm very consistent online. But if I feel like I have to put a post out, I don't do it. I actually don't. I just keep the channel open enough that most days it's like, oh, that downloads. And if it downloads fast, I download it and put it out there. Spelling mistakes and all. Don't care. Literally don't care. And I still get people who snapshot and take pictures and send it to me and say, I would think as somebody who is an author, you would not want to have this spelling mistake. And I'm like, <laughs> you just give me content for days to talk about, which I love. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's an aside. But it is like, find a way to be your level of consistent. And then also to just stretch yourself a little bit more and a little bit more, right? Like a little bit more. I was doing randomly you know, two, four episodes a month, sometimes six for about that first year. Then I started to go two to, you know, three episodes a month. Then it was four a month. And then when 2020 came, I just felt like, well, what else am I doing? Right. I might as well just put myself out there. And I did three consistently. We've been doing three consistently since the beginning of, since 2020 happened. Yep. Three a week, two solos and one interview. And then it was like, how can you just stretch a little bit more and a little bit more? And like your stretch is going to be different than mine, then it's going to be different than someone else's who's listening. But I often find that in that stretch, like there's so much growth that happens. And so like even this past year, I went, all right, I want to actually become a better host and a better like interviewer. So I'm going to commit to being a client, being a guest on a podcast. And I think I've done almost 125 episodes in a year as a guest. And it has been a very good experience to learn how to be a better host. That was, has, does that take time, right? Somebody stopped me on the weekend. I said, well, how much, who pays you for this podcasting? And how much money do you make for podcasting? 
And it's so funny because I'm not discouraging of it. There's lots of different ways that it can happen. But if you we're in a time of build, know, like, and trust, not everybody is on social media. Like, I really want to share this. Not everyone's on social media. I have people who connect with me from the podcast who don't connect on social media at all. And so it gives people a chance to build to know, like, and trust with you, but it also gives you a chance to grow your your message, your voice, your confidence, and putting it out there. And when I think about that, that all started from those Facebook Lives years ago, like is literally where it started. So I would say, what is your level of consistency that you can, you know, give yourself a tiny bit of stretch and continue to go in on that? And know that, please, I do believe everything is a long game. I really do believe. And I also believe there's two parts of this. I believe everything is a long game and that you have to be consistent. You do have to. I get people who put one or two vulnerable posts out and they're like, oh my God, nobody looked at it and I haven't, I just can't, like it's, I can't. And then they stop. And I think that that's really selling yourself short and your gift short. So I think that's the one piece of it is that it's a long game. But I also love this, that I shared this on a podcast a few episodes ago. And it's like, what if it's actually closer than you think? What if you could tell yourself that it's actually closer than you think? If what you desire is actually closer than you think, you would show up differently. You would show up with different energy. You would show up with different intention. The sheer fact that you tell yourself it's a long ways away is the energy that you show up in every single day because you're like, I got time. It's a long ways away. And what if you don't? What if it's not? What if it's actually closer? So that's a question I ask myself every single day. What if it's actually closer than what I think? And I show up with that energy. And I'll tell you, some pretty magical things have happened in the last couple of weeks just because of that shift alone. And it's opened up doors to connections to people that like I didn't know a week ago. And so I think this is the power of, you want to take it back to the very beginning of of the episode, leading yourself, like leading yourself, committing to yourself, going all in and deciding that Like you're not here screwing around. Like you're not here to play it small because at the end of it, at the end of all of it, you get to be that person that sits there and says, do I have any regrets? And I swear that is a question I come back to every single day. Will I regret this if I say no? And if the answer is yes, then it's like, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to figure it out. Please like your gifts. This might sound really cliche, but like your gifts are your gifts. I can't use them just can't use them. They're, they're, if you don't use them, they go untapped. And if you don't use them and they go untapped, whose life is not being supported because you're not playing at your best position, at your best ability. And we're all in this space. I'm telling you, if the drop downs come, you're already qualified. The biggest thing you got to do is find a way to get your belief system on board that you actually can do this and you can bring this to life. So I realize that's a big answer, but I just wanted to share that part. Oh, it is the perfect answer. That was divinely downloaded for you for a moment, a hundred percent. And I, and I, I love how you can articulate all that because yeah, when, when I'm feeling challenged and when <clears throat> I want to cute quit because it feels like a long game and what is it all for? Because I have those days. We all have those days. I don't care what career you're in, what phase of motherhood you're in, like, I wanted to quit being a mom more days than I care to like admit, you know, relationships. If you think about anything that you've put enough time, effort, love, 
focus consistency into, you know the payoff, right? But we think in certain arenas, we don't have to show up that way. And I look back over my 22-year career in the the beauty industry, and I think about how much time I spent perfecting a craft, how much time I spent perfecting my client experience so that I was the best one in the salon and that I curated these special blah, blah, like all of the things that I did to get me where I was, it didn't happen overnight. And I think because I was so young, like I forgot that. And I think it's human nature to want things right away and to be able to experience, you know, massive shifts or massive success, if you will, quickly. But like we started this off with, again, you said, you know, that if it was given to us right away, we wouldn't probably have the capacity to hold on to it or to appreciate it or to really see it for what it is. And I do believe that to be true. I honestly do. And and I do also believe what you said at this very last 